supermen and residents of Smallville. <laughs> <laughs> Rangers and residents of Reefside, California. Welcome to the Sentai Truther Club. And uh, you know what? I'm your host, Grav, and with me is my lovely co-host, Kennedy. Hey, hi. Uh, Kennedy and I had a, a prior conversation where we were trying to discuss how to review this season. Honestly, I'm I'm going to start from the jump. I'm going to say that I don't remember most of this season. And I watched more episodes than what the filler guide was originally. I was about to say, you watched more of it than me. Yeah, to be fair, <laughs> the, the episodes that I added to the guide definitely made the season better and more understandable but the problem is i only watched like 28 episodes before i got into that other stuff <laughs> yeah and then on top of that it's just a this season is just a failure yeah i mean i think if you've already listened to our quote unquote best and worst right the the weirdest <laughs> the weirdest so we had that we had to break form and I always like to point this out, you know, Grav doesn't like to break form a lot. Like, if any any time that I'm like, oh, should we be playful with the format this episode? He's usually the one to be like, I don't know, maybe we should just, you know, stick with the stick to the the basics. But the, he the was hundred percent like, I don't know what to fucking what do we do here? Like you 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 had <laughs> you were coming to me like maybe we should do an alternative episode before I even suggested it. <laughs> yes, this is true. Uh, yeah, I mean, like, that's just the off left in me, right? I don't want to elongate a process if I don't have to. Uh, <laughs> but uh, it's because, like, I got to the episodes before you did. When we're really excited about a season, you tend to actually watch the episodes way quicker than I do. Cuz you're just like, let's yeah. just let's keep going or you know, now that I don't work an overnight job, it should be different. But when I was working an overnight job, you would typically watch the episodes while I was asleep. You know, or while you were at work. Or while I was at work. Yeah. Um, I watch a lot of my Power Rangers like while I'm going to bed, basically, gotcha. <laughs> you know, <laughs> right, right, right. And for me, I, I mostly just watch it with my wife because my wife also enjoys Power Rangers. Yeah. Um, so when I worked now, I'm like free from that job. But when I did work that job, like I basically had like five hours out of the day where I got to see my wife and only three hours of that, maybe <laughs> maximum was three hours was dedicated to, to Power Rangers watching unless it was my days off. So like this one, and I'm going to pull back from the, the Wild Force review that we did. Wild Force, I almost pulled the nuclear option uh, where I was just telling, <laughs> where I was like telling my wife, like, hey, you don't actually have to watch this. I'll watch at work. It's OK. And she goes, no, no, no. Like, we're already like halfway through the season. And at this point, we already watched like a couple episodes between you and I, Kennedy. So. We already got like pretty much almost to like the 40% or halfway mark. And she's like, well, I already watched like two fifths of it. Might as well just keep going, keep pulling through. But this one, there's no promise. <laughs> like, I think like Wild, Wild Force, you had. I'm just going to jump right into it because I really don't know 
I could probably describe some of these episodes to you and pull some moments for you, but most of it's the same plot line. <laughs> Either most yeah, of it's the I... same plot line or it's just a blurry mess because it's like trying to be Degrassi Smallville without being Degrassi Smallville and it just doesn't work because it's trying to blend it in with the Ranger shit, right? It's fucked up because like Smallville was already kind of this low rent cheesy show and when you are like aiming lower than that oh, bad it's bad it's really bad yeah I will say the CGI in this is better than the first season of Smallville CGI but sure um, there's uh, some if, things but... yeah but uh, ultimately like Clark Kent as bad of a character as he was in uh, season one of Smallville because I, I he wasn't the reason to watch Lex Luthor was the reason to watch there there's a lot of like parallels between that and Dino Thunder where the villain mm -hmm. is what kind of gets you to to keep watching but yeah. here's the thing right like like with Smallville it had that dichotomy between Lex Luthor and Clark Kent in this one it's like most of the drama isn't focused on the main villain and main hero. No. It's it's focused elsewhere. And because of that, like yeah. Mesagog and Anton Mercer only take up like five minutes of screen time out of the 20 minute screen time. Smallville was a full hour. You put commercials into that. That's 40 minutes. That's a lot that you can do with 22 episodes of like long form watching, right? Yeah, and but there were this whole episodes of Smallville like... where they were happy to just let Lex Luthor run the screen to some extent. And whereas here, you know, it's like, no, the Rangers have to take up most of the time. Yeah, and like the one episode that Mesagog does like carry it back, it's like, holy shit, this episode somewhat is like better than like the rest of the stuff in the original filler guide. But really, like we needed those episodes that I added. Like we we desperately needed those episodes. Yeah. There, there there's no getting around that. I guess let's go ahead and just take it from the let's, top. Well, yeah, I was gonna say, even if we can't describe a lot of these episodes very coherently, let's at least try to paint a picture of what Dino Thunder is. Right? So like Dino Thunder opens and we've got Dr. Tommy Oliver. Tommy's back and he's got a PhD and he's a fucking nerd and he's not cool at all. And How could you be so cool while wearing those glasses, Tommy? <laughs> you're supposed to be a dweeb professor, and yet you're still so hot, Tommy. Yeah, this is the, as we mentioned in the intro, this is the my dad could kick your ass, dad's ass. And, and not only that. My dad could kick your dad's ass season of Power Rangers. And my dad can fuck your mom. Like, yes. <laughs> that's, yes. That, that's the season. Yeah. Really horny season, but in a weird way. It's like a it's like a Jeffrey Epstein season. Everyone's like abusing their fucking power to try to get laid. Like, yeah. It's gross. It's actually gross. Um, yeah. So Tommy starts teaching at a school a long time ago. There was something with an island and dinosaurs. He meets some kids. The kids are shitheads. Somehow they become Power Rangers basically by accident. It's only explained away by saying that the for some like Tommy even says for some reason the Dino Gems picked you guys. So there must be some quality in you. 
and Which hot damn. You kind of have to appreciate that Tommy just fucking low key like burns them like that. <laughs> yeah, it was a slick burn because that slash s at the very end of his comment really hits home by the time you you reach the end of the season and you just realize that like after those first two episodes, character development stops at episode three, which yeah. I added in, by the way. Yes. Yeah, that was not originally in the filler guide. Yeah. Um, it's weird. Originally, the filler guide was not something that we were fighting against. Uh, uh, I can remember in some of the early seasons, I caught some filler episodes by accident, and I was always like, yep, that should have, you know, that was rightfully cut every time. Occasionally, I was like, oh, that was slightly funny or something like that, but I was still like, it wasn't necessary, you know? But yeah, this yeah. season, we were fighting the last couple of seasons, we've been fighting the filler guide, it feels like. Um, and, uh, we may have to, before we even dive into the next season, do a little filler guide maintenance or something and just try to make sure that we're going into the next season on a good foot because this has been a problem. So the, the funny part is, is that like the only reason why I even added in episode three, I'm trying to figure out what the name of it is. Uh, you're talking about legacy of power wave goodbye. Wave goodbye. Wave goodbye. Yeah, because right, so, Legacy of Power was originally... Which, I might cut <laughs> Legacy of Power out, but we'll get to that. So, Wave Goodbye... <laughs> oh, man. Where, where were my notes for this? Okay. Just scroll our DMs. <laughs> that, that's, that's what I have to do. So, basically, I added in Wave Goodbye because these are the reasons. Trent and Haley get introduced... Trent is the fucking sixth ranger. Haley is the fucking uh, Cam slash Billy of the episode. More Billy, because she's not a ranger. And it introduces the dinosaurs that they ride in the season. And it's character development for Connor. Because Connor is all like, oh, fuck. I don't know. I, I think I'm actually like really good at soccer. So like... I don't know if I should do the soccer thing or if I should take on the responsibility for being a Power Ranger and help save the world. And it gives me cool powers. Uh, and Tommy's just like, listen, you don't have to do it. Do what the fuck you want to do. You'll, you'll come to find out what it is you actually want to do at the end of the day. So we'll give it some time. Give it a couple days. You know, think it over. And you're like... Fuck, I watched like 30 episodes of this season and I've never seen Tommy be this relatable. What? Um, yeah. Probably Tommy's best well, Zordon moment. Especially Zordon also had a moment like that in season one. Right. And especially because there's, there's later episodes where Tommy kind of puts some pressure on these kids. And if you knew that, you know, this had happened previously... It, it would make more sense and make him seem a little less like a dick. Yeah. Also, like, Kira, <laughs> Kira likes Trent, like, has, is like physically attracted to him. Hardcore. Haley is an important character, but like, she, <sighs> whatever. Like, she's, she's Oracle, right? She's just the Oracle character, essentially. She uses the worst keyboard I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> um, like just completely like unergonomic, like for sure would hurt your hands with any extended period of use. 
she worked with Tommy in the college years. But, like, you don't fucking really, like, find that shit out. Or, like, you don't really find out that she's also the owner of the cafe if you don't watch this episode. I have to admit, too, I had to... Okay. So, first of all, that was really frustrating when I figured that out, finally. Or the fact that Trent worked there, either. Yes, also that. But also, I just have to say, for the record... I found myself regularly while watching this being like, wait, who's Haley? Yeah. Yeah, me like, too. Like having to remind myself exactly why she's around. Yeah. Because I would have these moments where it's like they're at the command center and Haley's there. And I'd be like, wait, why is she always here? I kind of forgot again. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I agree. And And my thing about it too is that like, not only is she pretty much a forgetful character, let's be honest, mm-hmm. but Legacy of Power comes right back up. And, like, Legacy of Power is pretty much the the teens waiting on Tommy uh, and being like, where the fuck is Tommy? What's going on? Where is he? And they're just, like, exploring the cave that he's in, right? Yeah. And then they do a recap of the season, of, like, all of the seasons of Power Rangers leading up to this point from Tommy's point of view, right? And it's like, let's suck off Tommy for 20 more fucking minutes, dude. And then they're like complimenting Tommy and they're saying, he's the oldest living Power Ranger. Oh my God, Pog. I'm Pogging. The oldest living Power Ranger. I work for him or I'm under his steed. What? And it's like, out of all compliments, you couldn't say... The most powerful living Power Ranger couldn't say anything, but they like hyper emphasize oldest. Oldest living Power Ranger is ominous when you think about it. It means that everyone is either retired or maybe some of them have died. And in the case of Andros, you know he didn't retire. Yeah. Maybe you're not a Power Ranger unless you're like on Earth. Maybe if you're on a different planet, it's something else. No. We fully established that that's not the case. <laughs> I know. Mighty Morphin Alien Ranger, though. Speaking of, Legacy of Power doesn't recap Mighty Morphin Alien Ranger. It's like we... The, the plot... How Tommy recaps Alien Ranger is he gets turned back into kids, right? And then immediately into Zeo Quest. And then into Power Rangers Zeo. And I'm like, you kind of skipped Billy, like, fucking doing everything for you guys for a good number of episodes. So then I, then I got into of the mindset of <laughs> maybe maybe we should cut Mighty Morphin Alien Ranger out. And then I was like, no, because they, they had Alien Red fucking show up from Forever Red. Yeah. And uh, the Alien Rangers come back one other time. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, they do. They do for mm-hmm. uh, Zeo, that Zeo team up. That was really cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they are canon. Tommy's just doing revisionism. Yeah. Like, he's literally just like, he's like, uh, I don't like Billy. I'm going to write Billy out. It's like that photograph of Stalin and then the guy's missing. Tommy (laughs) and Billy. (laughs) This is essentially Tommy's own wiki. So he's he's his own wiki editor. (laughs) In the universe of Power Rangers, Tommy's the owner of Key Wiki. I think the reason why I emphasize episode three, four, and five so much is because the, at the end of episode three, Tommy gets kidnapped. 
and they're like, where's Tommy in episode four? And then you can cut out episode four altogether because episode five says previously on Power Rangers and literally just does a recap of all of the Power Rangers by Tommy. <laughs> and then, in, but instead it takes only like a minute instead of 20. And then it goes, hi, my name's Haley. Hey guys, it's me, Haley. Didn't think you'd see me here, huh? Ha <laughs> I work with him. He's a Power Ranger. Ha <laughs> ha. You know, wow. so it's mm -hmm. just like, wow. Okay, cool. There's some plot about retrieving Tommy from the Messagogue. And then I think this also introduces, like, with episode three, two, it kind of introduces these chaos portals. Yeah. I'm calling them chaos portals. They're not called chaos portals. They're called something else. But just, just see these as plot devices to make sure a character is where they need to be for plot reasons for a plot yeah. to move forward there needs to be these rifts through time and they, space they open emphasize this yes they're like wait <clears throat> how the fuck did trent get his white ranger power and it's like fucking trent coming off of a fucking designer drug high like going through a fucking like stumbling into a portal just to be in mesagog's base like huh where am I? Oh, this looks so fucking weird. Oh, fuck. I hate it. Yeah. yeah Anyways, exactly. that, that's for a later episode. But yeah, just see these chaos Trent portals. Trent just like hanging out is the wackest shit. Even when it's human. <laughs> even when we're, they're both human, it's the wackest shit. But anyways, what happens in, what, what happens in episode five again? Tommy becomes a ranger. Is that back in black? Yeah, back in black. Back in the Let me look at this Wikipedia. Over um. Here. Uh. Uh. Yeah. So it's the Rangers try to rescue Tommy, and uh, they get their cycles. Tommy snags the Gino Dino Gem and learns how to be a Ranger and also to be invisible. Yeah. Fuck. Nothing creepy about your new teacher at school having invisibility as a power, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we skipped two episodes into Golden Boy. And this is where, like, it kind of introduces Zeltrax into the mix, where Zeltrax is, like, actively fighting against Tommy multiple times. Also, Tommy meets Trent in this episode. That's all I really remember from this episode. Uh, moving on beneath the surface. Well, uh, uh, there's one. There's something else. There's there's kind of another important plot to this that unfortunately literally the only good political really... moment in yeah. this episode is in this entire season is in this episode actually. Yeah, and they literally they don't really call back to it ever, which is unfortunate. Doctor Mercer is trying to win Trent over because Trent is adopted. And Trent works at the cyberspace cafe. And so he's like, I'm just going to buy him the cafe that he works at as a present. A totally normal thing that would not fuck with anyone's head. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, the Rangers and Haley and everybody are like, no, we have to. Haley's cafe is dope. We have to save it. We have to keep Haley needs to own it. Blah, blah, whatever. Normally, I would be kind of in favor of this sort of, like, stop the corporation from, like, eating the little guy thing. But it's just so badly done, and you just don't care about Haley. 
So it's just like, eh. It's a B plot um, that, that, like, although it gets resolved, it doesn't add any character development to anybody. Does anybody get a, any sort of appreciation for anything? No. 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 No, it doesn't improve Haley. It doesn't improve Anton. It barely improves Trent. Barely. But also, we've just, we've, we barely have met him by this point. So it's like, <laughs> I don't know. It's just weird. Also, Starting with Golden Boy onward, I would say until like the last maybe 10 episodes, maybe less than that. It's all Trent. You like Trent? Hmm? 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 You, you, you like Trent? Want some Trent? Want some Trent? It's all you, brother. You're like, you're like, actually, I was hoping to, hoping maybe you had Ethan today. Nope. It's Trent. It's Trent. And then when it's not <laughs> Trent, it's everybody else being a fucking asshole. Or it's Kira in one episode that is so cringe that we had to talk about it with Paul Byron <laughs> in yeah. our in our weirdest episodes of Dino Thunder. Let's let's keep it yeah. moving. Let's Beneath the surface, moving. there's not much to say about much many of these episodes. It really isn't. There's a there's a monster. Elsa tricks the Rangers. Oh oh, I have something to say about Beneath the Surface. So there's going to be a couple of moments where I'm I'm going to interject as we keep plowing through the episodes. But for the most and part, we are I don't going remember. to plow through them because this is just garbage. I don't remember most of them. So, so yeah. we're just going to plow through it. Yeah. Beneath the surface, the only thing I want to say about that is that Principal Randall takes Dr. Oliver and the kids to an archaeological dig for a school trip. Yeah, that's right. They mm -hmm. have a private conversation mm -hmm. between Tommy and Principal Randall. And they basically like Tommy's like, let's go stop somewhere or something to that extent. I forgot what the exact words were, but it heavily implied that they were going to have sex before meeting up with the, the students at the dig. It, yeah. Tommy just wants to fuck this. Angry oh, no, principal. they're fucking. They're, they're fucking nonstop. No, I'm not saying he, that it's like a yeah, I'm not saying it's an unresolved thing. I'm just saying like. It's the only thing on his mind is like, when do I get to fuck the mean principal again? Yeah. Yeah. It, it yeah. really is that. Like, yeah. it, it is so that because this episode, it does the whole, oh my God, Principal Randall fell on me and her boobs landed on my chest. Ah, what do I do? Ooh, woo. Ooh, woo. Yeah. And Principal Randall clearly is into it. I'm like, all right, whatever. But here's the thing, right? You get treated to moments like that. You get treated to moments where the teenagers are concerned about Trent and like how he's doing and stuff like that. But then it's like all you're seeing, all I'm reading from it is teenage drama, teenage drama, Power Rangers, Power Rangers, Power Rangers, time for Power Rangers, oh, time for teenage drama. There, there's no seamless blend here. There, there's no... I, every time... They get into ranger outfits. I'm like, oh, right. That's what this show is about. <laughs> yeah, it, it's like it messes with your brain in like that, like shadows in the cave wall kind of way. Like you ever been half asleep and you see something that just like activates your primitive brain a little bit where like you see a shadow moving and you just think like, 
there's like a there's a dangerous animal nearby or something you know it's like that's the show it's just like lighting up these weird primitive parts of your brain and then you have to like try to turn your brain back on and remember what you're actually watching yeah <laughs> yeah ocean alert couple things i remember from this episode all right so this episode has a new dino egg which is how i found out about the stegozords because i was like wait how does everybody else have these things already and tommy's getting one just now when i didn't see the rest of them get the stegozords so that was one thing also the last fight this is the one where the giant wave like mm -hmm. tidal wave with the zord okay they didn't even kill him with the wave before the enemy exploded. Like, the enemy exploded before the wave attack even really hit. Yeah. It was goofy as shit. That's all I know. So goofy. Um, what did you want to say about the it? The only other things I wanted to say about this episode were just about... So, like, the, the sort of A plot of the episode is that Mesagog captures a celebrity named Nikki Valentina. <laughs> oh, and Nikki Valentina, that's right. This character sucks ass. <laughs> um, and it's it's ironic that Disney owns the show at this point. Literally, like, they manufacture this type of child star, and they could not, like, just take one of their actual child stars off of one of their other sets for a day, fly them to New Zealand, and be like, Oh, it's fucking Cody from The Sweet Life. Oh, shit. Mesagog captured Cody from The Sweet Life. You know what I mean? Like, no, they had to make up this fucking celebrity, and then they do a terrible job of it. Like, You know, this was actually the most Saban episode. It was so Saban. That's the thing. It's so Saban-y. It feels like when Saban was trying to do... Like the sort of stuff that like a higher budget company would do, but he's imitating it. Except this time, it's Disney. Like, like get it together. This this character sucks ass. The actress is not good. She does not seem cool. Like, if, if you told me this episode was made, cool. <laughs> if you told me this episode was made in like 1997 or eight, I'd believe you. Yeah, hundred percent. Like, if this was an episode on Mighty Morphin Season 3, or... Yeah, no, Season 3, I think. I would be like, yeah, that's about right. Like, and I think I would give it more props there, but here it's just like... She walks into the uh, cafe, and it's supposed to be this whole thing, where everyone's, like, freaking out. Ethan, like, fucking passes out or some shit. And, like, she It's does heavily not sexualized, seem cool. too. She does not seem cool. Like, she does not give off the right vibes at all at any point. And also, she's allowed to get away with this very weird morality um, where she's like, she basically says, like, I'm not against all of this evil stuff necessarily, but I don't think this particular scene is my bag. And <laughs> leaves Messagog's Island. She did a vibe check. Like, she's like, uh. She's like, I'm not necessarily against the fact that it's evil. I just think all this dinosaur stuff is kind of tacky and gross, you know? Like, <laughs> yeah. It's super weird. It is weird. I liked, I'm going to, I think I you turned on that and I was like, Nikki Valentina is the most interesting thing about this episode outside of the 
probably the best part about this episode outside of the some of the weird stuff that I mentioned. Yeah. Also, <laughs> this begins the arc of um Devin, minor character we haven't mentioned until now, also has to fuck this season, by the way. Oh, Devin is uh <laughs> Devin's the cameraman, right? Yeah. So Oh I'm yeah, say, Devin say, is way, trying to hit it. Cassidy and Devin are my favorite Rangers this season. Um, <laughs> would you not maybe agree with me that Cassidy and Devin were more likable than any of the A characters? Oh, 100%. Like, 100%. Yeah, way more likable than the main Rangers. Way more likable than Trent. Probably, I don't know. I struggled to rank Tommy this season. Because <laughs> I'm thinking it's not as bad as I like want to say it is on 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 recording i thought it was pretty bad <laughs> but yeah it's uh, like i don't know we'll, we'll get into it as it comes along especially with white thunder um coming up but so yeah, yeah no i agree Devin, Devin and like, cassidy are definitely they're like the balkan skull of this season and they're they're really actually like great um side characters and they're the most appealing characters of the season like yeah we I, talked I a little bit decided... about how I, they decided to uh, they decided to actually give like a character development with like an end plot, right? Like an actual yes. like plotted out story for these characters versus it just being gotta gotta do a joke. What's your joke of the week? Yeah, Cassidy and Devin have actual motivations that you can follow from the beginning to the end, and so yeah. appreciate and relate to, and they also are consistently relatively likable characters that like you feel like if you were to be choosing which of these people to be friends with in real life you would be more likely to pick Cassidy and Devin these people that are actually kind of nice and helpful and good to their friends <laughs> you know yeah i think honestly had you replaced connor and kira with cassie and devin and keep ethan and just Make Ethan red, probably. Yeah, but like the problem, I think Ethan should have just been recasted, mm. rewritten. Yeah, it's it's it wouldn't it, fix everything. Ethan, Ethan like, needed a rewrite, yeah. like completely. Yeah, it's a um, disaster character a lot of the time. Yeah. Probably so White Thunder character this season. Uh, but it, yeah. So uh, anyway, I just wanted to emphasize that this season is so horny that even the B characters have to fuck. Oh, um, yeah. Devin gets it on with Nikki Valentina because he saves her from a monster blast. And everyone's kind of incredulous about this, but Devin continues to get laid a lot. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> before finally wooing his love at the end of the season. Yeah, I, I just wanted to also add that, for the record, um, we've talked a little bit about how Messagog kind of keeps you going. Cassidy and Devin also kind of kept me going a little bit. But again, they get like two minutes out of the episode. So I feel like Cassie and Devin didn't start getting good until like post episode 20. I think somewhere around there. The last like third of the season, maybe even the last quarter of the seasons when they got really good. You know, I went back and watched a lot of it, though, or rewatched. Not, I didn't rewatch tons of it, but I rewatched a little bit of it, especially like before we did like the weirdest review and stuff. And like. I, they were always kind of consistently interesting. They just get more interesting as it goes, and like eventually, like it reaches a point where it's like it's more fully realized. 
the first half of the season is Cassie and Devin trying to get footage of the Rangers and then trying to submit it, right? And a lot of the times it's like, oh, dude, I, my sister recorded something over it. My bad, you know. But that's not what's interesting about them. Like that that part, actually, the whole like we got to get pictures of Spider-Man is the least interesting thing about Cassidy and Devin. Um, but that's their main plot, though. Yeah, but what's interesting about them is just them as characters and the way that they interact with other people. Yeah. Like when Cassidy is like being suspicious and like hiding stuff on the computer from Haley. I forget which episode this even is now, but like there's this scene where like Haley who owns the cyber cafe comes over and is like, you know, other people might want to use the computer. Cassidy just like stands up and like hides what she's doing. She's like, I'm almost done. And Haley's like, what are you doing? Cassidy's like, I don't have to tell you. Oh yeah. <laughs> like I'm a paying customer. <laughs> it's just like, <laughs> That shit, that was some of the only shit that was, like, making me laugh or entertaining me, you know? Oh, see, I took that moment <laughs> as just like, damn, Cassie, you really can't be a different person for, like, five minutes, could you? Except, uh, see, by that point, I was already, like, at first, I might have felt differently, but by that point, I was starting to already dislike Haley because I was just like, this character just sucks. So, like, why is she up in Cassidy's business? Fuck off. <laughs> now after getting to actually know the person this interaction is much better <laughs> yeah i can see that white, yeah, thunder. white thunder the big okay so big trent arc trent the white dino gem through chance and circumstances lands in trent's body I guess he absorbs the white dino gem and it becomes the morpher. Fuck. I don't really remember. I just remember a I, lot of this. Oh. Let me let me tell you. A lot of this fucking <laughs> a lot of this fucking three-parter is Trent just stumbling into fucking chaos portals that wind up in Mesagog's base only to stumble into chaos portals that wind out of Mesagog's base only to be fucking like sweating and shit and and Haley's like Trent are you okay and he's like oh fuck oh fuck I'm think I'm gonna have to quit my job I'm so sorry and all this other stuff and I'm like if this was real life the the employer would not let you work without taking a drug test <laughs> like Trent was just drenched in fucking sweat just outright just saying like listen like I gotta quit Things, things aren't going so well at my house and stuff. And at that point, like, you say to yourself as the employer, you go, okay, I understand. But then, like, Haley is just persistent and being like, no, Trent, it's okay. You can continue to work here. Just let me know and, and all this other stuff. I just want to contrast this against uh, Ninja, Storm? Ninja Storm for a second where everything was really kind of intentional, laid out, almost to the extent that it was a little overly cheesy at certain moments, but not enough to really ruin it. But, like... You know, the whole thing with, like, Cam getting his powers and things like that were, like, so thought out in Ninja Storm. And then this is the opposite, where they were just like, oh, uh, hey, Trent needs to be in this scene. Okay, open a portal. <laughs> like, like yeah. they, they, they didn't even try to, like, justify a lot of this stuff at all. Mm -hmm. um, this three-parter is so incoherent 
and messy and bizarre. Honestly, the only thing that kept me going was the Sentai scenes. The white dino ranger in this looks so cool. And like when it's in the action sequences, it looks even better. Yeah. He does yeah, also suits... unlock his uh, super dino mode in the white ranger form. And mm. that shit is really cool, even though it looks like spiky hair. I still love it. Cool. <laughs> um, yeah. I uh, like I like the super dino mode for like all of them. I think all of their suits look better with the fucking It definitely improves them. Bone plates on them coming out. Yeah. yeah. These suits are kind of like Lost Galaxy in that they look kind of cool in motion, but then you see them standing still and you're like this actually kind of sucks. Yeah. <laughs> At the yeah. end of this three-parter, uh Tommy discovers that the White Ranger is actually Trent. However, Tommy ends up encased in amber before being able to tell everyone else. Like, Trent takes out a gun and is like, nope, you're ambered. Yeah. And ambers him up. And so it, it kind of pulls, like, the amber casing for that kind of looks like straight off the set of Fringe, which leads me to believe that they probably just reused the same props of amber over and over again for different <laughs> TV shows. Uh, like, it's just one company producing amber props. Yeah, so Tommy's out of the picture, and Tommy remains out of the picture for a lot of this season. So you have Truth and Consequences, which is like the Rangers trying to free Tommy from the prison. This teen drama between Trent and Kira, because oh, Kira's trying to figure out what Trent's, Trent's up to and what's going on with him. Really and quick, Ke I think we forgot to mention, too, that like, when Trent is in White Ranger form, he's evil. Oh, yeah. Sorry. When Trent is in... The White <laughs> Dino Ranger is imbued with dark, evil energy. Trent, when he's morphed, he, uh, he becomes the White Dino Ranger. He's completely evil, shady. And then when so you defeat him in battle and demorph him, he's like back to normal. But he gets withdrawals. Yeah. So it's kind of like... like, in, like in, Lycanthropy? Yeah. Where, like, oh, the moon, it calls He's a were-ranger. Yeah, he's like a were-ranger. He really is, too, because, like, he, yeah, he really can't control it. And, like, that, that moment you're talking about when he ambers Tommy, like, initially he's trying to, like, get help as Trent, but then he transforms because he can't. It's like Dr. Jekyll with Mr. Hyde also kind of thing, where it's, like, at a certain point he can no longer control when it's happening. Ah. Mr. Hyde comes out and beats Tommy's ass. Yeah, this was <laughs> around the time where I was DMing Kennedy, and I was like, I'm not sure if what I'm watching is good or not. I was yeah. like, I think this is like just bad, but it's interesting somewhat. So, like I was saying with Truth and Consequences, though, uh, yeah, the whole like me talking about Kira and talking to Trent and stuff, like this happens a lot, and we saw that Kira was still like they were like making allusions to the fact that Kira was like attracted to Trent and like that's why she wants to figure out what's going on with Trent. Yeah. And I was like, what the fuck? Where did this come from? But I guess we got it from the first five seconds of or sorry, five seconds from uh episode three. But yeah. to be honest, like that romance goes nowhere. Nowhere at all. So like this is like one of the few moments where she is kind of sort of acting interested in Trent still beyond just like Let's give Trent another chance. Yeah. Yeah, um, it's weird. The, that romance thing was just like, 
It's so weird that they didn't follow through with it, considering how horny this season is. I don't know. Yeah. Trent reveals to Kira eventually that he is the White Ranger, and she offers to help him, but he declines and decides to leave the city because he thinks he's too dangerous to stay around. I gotta go. I gotta get out of here. Yeah, I gotta leave town. I don't want to kill anybody I know. I'm too dangerous. Leader of the Whack. So, really quick, though. Truth or consequences. Mesagod captures Trent, realizes that Trent is the White Ranger, and is like, oh, this is awesome. Come join the family business. And Trent's like, no, I want to fight whoever I want. (laughs) My favorite scene. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. The acting, am I right? (laughs) (laughs) It's so bad. So bad. When they're trying to be genuine and not sarcastic assholes, it's just like, it doesn't fly. Also, Trent looks like Ray William Johnson. Have I mentioned that before in this episode? Because, like, truly, it's just teenage Ray William Johnson. Oh, that's a reference that most people won't get. Really? Is it that old now? Well, I mean, he also, he disappeared, you know? Oh, yeah, you're right. He stopped. Yeah, before... Before Ray William Johnson did Capitol Hill Gangsta and then what eventually became Equals 3, he was on Power Rangers Dino Thunder as Trent the White Ranger. <laughs> also, like, I think what keeps me watching in this show, and maybe just out of spite, is seeing Trent's fucking shirt that says junk on it. <laughs> oh, like, it's just the oh. white... First of all, I don't know how he's not fucking dying of heat. It's like a long sleeve shirt with a fucking button down over the long sleeve. Yeah, I don't know. And it's it so has weird. like black text written all or written all over it, but it's like fucking black metal writing, so you can't read it except for the word junk. And like a couple of other words scattered <laughs> across it. I'm like, "Oh, I hate your casual clothing. Just morph already, you asshole." <laughs> Leader of the whack. This is when I realized that all of the Rangers are assholes and there's no way that they can disguise There's nothing redeeming, yeah. Yeah, so leaders of the whack, during a battle with the Rangers and some monster, uh, a meteor blast like hits everyone with this strange energy that uh, reveals their personality's hidden sides. So Connor becomes a brainiac, Ethan a jock, and Kira turns into a valley girl that loves shopping. So the meteor, so, okay, this is the, the episode's description, but I want to say, for the record, that the episode description is lying, and that's really <laughs> reading into it, because the way this episode made it seem was, was that everybody, this is like, oh, opposite day, dudes, it's yeah. fucking opposite day, right? Yeah. It, it didn't make it seem like, oh, uh, secretly, actually, Connor is very smart. Actually, secretly, Ethan is very athletic if he really put his mind to it. Oh, secretly, Cal- uh, Kira is a valley girl, except that last one. But, like, the other two? Bruh, nah. Like, um, stop it. They're, they're, these aren't hidden personality traits. Also, uh, 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 Devin becomes the coolest guy in town which was already true 
Well, Devin wasn't the coolest guy in town. My thing was is that like my wife like turned to me and said, because De Devin gets hit with a part of the meteor blast too, and uh, Devin and Cassie, right? Uh, yeah. They they become theater kids, right? Like outright theater kids. Yeah, basically. Yeah, so they go from AV club to theater kids. And they put on a, a a show of sorts. But it's just like, like my wife turned to me and she was like, was this show made in the 90s? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I couldn't really appreciate that as much as I wanted to. Though this no, it, was supposed to be revealing that Devin likes Cassie. But again. Well, no, actually more so that she likes him. Because we already knew that he liked her. But this is the first time we get a hint that she likes him back. Because when she's in meteor form, she's all over him. You're right. Okay. Yeah. And again, although this is not well explained, it's supposed to be revealing things about yourself that are right. true, but are kind of hidden. Here, so. here are the, here's, the, here's the problem, not only with all of this, but uh, like just the portrayals on screen. You can't cover up a bad personality. It's impossible. It comes out eventually in its own ways. Yeah. It, yeah. It, it, gets, it gets shown in its own distinct ways. And here's the thing, right? When, when Ethan was the jock and Connor is the nerd, right? When that was going on and Kira becoming the Valley Girl, they were still shirking their Power Rangers responsibilities. They were still, they immediately came out of the meteor power and were still treating each other like trash. And my wife and I were just like, oh, so nothing's changed. Yeah. Yeah. But it's supposed to be treated as opposite day, you know? So it's like, maybe they would be nice people, but no, it's like nothing really changed about them because they're, they're already assholes. And like the scenes that we're not mentioning from the previous 14 episodes with all three of them, doesn't help anybody like we're foregoing that information because it doesn't matter but i wasn't lying when i said character development stopped at episode three anyways yeah. Yeah. moving on burning at both ends <laughs> okay um, this episode oh oh wait so, wait 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 you forgot the most important thing about leader of the whack oh they, right dude. they take a piece of the meteor and they're like Hey, maybe this will get Tommy out of the amber. Why? I don't know. Um, don't know. Just got a really weird feeling that it might work. Maybe we can use it as a power source to. I to was listening to the amber eleven, and I I heard them say amber is the color of your energy, and it just all came to me. Um, so uh, never forget uh, three eleven. <laughs> never forget three eleven was perpetrated by people inside our own government. Look into it. Never forget hardcore punk. <laughs> <laughs> um, so they're like, let's take a piece of the meteor back and it'll free Tommy, dude. Because everything's a fucking convenient plot device like that this season. And so sure enough, they oh. take a piece of the meteor back and they free Tommy. But Tommy's trapped in ranger form and he can't demorph. So okay. let's talk for a second about the fact that Tommy Oliver, the guy who plays Tommy Oliver, I forget his name. What is it? Jason David Frank? Is that it? Jason David Frank. He's Jason he's... David Frank is not known for anything else. Okay. He, he, 
There is nothing more important in this man's entire life than having been involved in the Power Rangers. Just to clarify, and this yet, isn't when he gets uh, invisible. This is when he's just permanently yeah, he's stuck. Morphed. He can't. He's stuck. He's stuck. Mm-hmm. Um, and yet, for the season designed to wank him off and revive him as a fucking actor, he's just not there for like nine episodes or something. First, he's encased in amber. Then he can't demorph. Then he's invisible. Yeah. Like, what? But he offers voice lines. <laughs> what? I don't know. I don't know. This man thought he was hot shit. He thought he was so hot shit that he didn't need to, he didn't need to physically be there for the, the, the main thing, his main bread and butter. Yeah. Yeah. True Galaxy Quest type shit. Uh, all right, burning at both ends is uh, Trent is completely evil. Yeah, Messagog's like, now you're completely evil. You've been overwhelmed by the evil influence of the Dinogen, and he tricks the Rangers. He's like, hey, guys, I'm free. I'm free from the Dinogen's grasp. Come to my estate. Come to my 11-car garage, and I'll explain <laughs> everything there. <laughs> and Tommy doesn't go, you know... No, dude, you can meet us here in this location where we can trust you. But it's like, I don't know, guys. I can't really trust him, but I think he's going to pull a fast one on us. But I guess we got to go. Yeah. And then Trent like pulls up. It's like, here, Tommy, here's a new ATV. Ha ha. This ATV is evil. <laughs> <laughs> And yes. Tommy's like, whoa, dude, I can't control it for like five minutes. But now it seems like I've tamed it. New arsenal. And I'm like, ah, I guess this goes in the filler guide. <laughs> Plot convenience. The, the black dino ATV. Why not I'm going to betray you by giving you a weapon. Ha <laughs> ha. As time goes on, I appreciate Ta Santo and the Blue Demon versus the monsters more and more. Because I'm just like, if you set up a trap, why not just straight up attack, right? After that, why give the enemy a chance to, like, have new arsenal, you know? Like, I guess I can understand the Thunder Rangers and Ninja Storm, but this level of plot convenience... Also, he didn't use this as the lure. Like, if they had been reluctant to go meet with him, but he's like, I've got a present. Yeah, he's so like, I got a gift for you, Tommy, as a way to make amends. Haha. Uh -huh. I got these, I got these sweet fucking ATVs that I want y'all to have that are fucking cool as shit. You know, and like, he like lured them in with that, you know? But no, it's just like, they just fall for showing up there. And then he's like, here's a free gift. Oh, it's slightly rigged against you. Ha 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 Oh, wait, you got around the rigging. Oh, you have the, you just have them now. Okay. Oh, fuck. Yeah. <sighs> Trent also, uh, Messagog is revealed to be Anton Mercer's unwilling alter ego. Trent is now in the know. So we head into Bully for Ethan. Uh, probably the one with like just outright racism, right? Yeah. Like Ethan's bully is just like, nah, I just, I hate you because you're black. Like, yeah, that's, that's truly it. And Ethan, and like, he's like, actually after school too, I'm going to jump your ass. 
we're going to fight and it's going to happen and you're going to get your shit rocked. And like Connor's like, yo, yo, don't fucking talk to my boy like that. And Ethan's like, yo, I got it. I got it. I got it. And uh, by the end of the episode, Ethan kind of like nerds his way. It would never work in real life. You could yeah, never get away that, out of a fight that way. Fucking, I hate that shows made nerds think that this shit would ever work because every time a nerd has ever tried this kind of like, you know, actually, are we really so different, you and I, shit, in real life, they fucking get punched in the face. Yeah. And also, Ethan's a Power Ranger and he could probably win in a fight. Like, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know why he was kind of acting like he couldn't win. Because he knew that he wouldn't be able to use his powers lest he even, reveal. Even if he didn't use his powers, like he's a Power Ranger. Like he yeah, should he is. He has martial arts. Like he fights. He fights enemies unmorphed all the time. Yeah, because he has connection to the grid. Right. Like, yeah. Yeah, and, so. this, and this season outright states that like we were debating it earlier i remember it was season one with how billy just all of a sudden knows kung fu at least a decent amount to like be a competent ranger and we were like us maybe it's the access to the grid that gives you that and then this season just says yeah oh how can we do martial arts oh the fucking dino gym oh of course oh fuck this shit so much <laughs> yeah and, and and so ethan resolves his fucking bully situation by being like <laughs> uh, I I I made a spreadsheet on my laptop that will make you better at soccer. <laughs> yeah, he's like young Republican trying to like nerd his way out of a fight. <sighs> he's all just like, "Hey, yo, if I help you with your soccer game, I got a computer over here. I've ran the numbers. I've done the tests. If you did this, this, and this." better you'd be better at soccer i could help you that way if we don't fight um, and then the guy is just like yeah sure and then if this was real life it would have been like yeah sure and then you would have gotten punched in the fucking face <laughs> and to be fair it's not like ethan's a good guy no like ethan up until Very bully shit. for ethan is like only sort of kind of relatable in that he's around a bunch of other white people, and so he has to kind of, like, blend in as much as possible, but doesn't disguise a fucking awful personality, and we'll get into that. It's definitely coming up, because yeah. at this point in the show, I'm like, I'm not really sure if I even care if Ethan gets his shit rocked. But oh, later yeah. on in, Ethan, the, in the season, Ethan you're like, the kind oh. of fucking edgelord like dork who like wants to fuck up everything that anybody else enjoys like anytime there's like a school event that someone else might be having a good time at ethan's like let me play a prank on everyone and ruin it like do you realize how much that person actually sucks in real life yeah like first of all in real life their pranks are never actually like as cool or well done and then second of all um it, it actually, like, sucks if you're just, like, trying to, like, you know, maybe, like, go to prom and, like, have a normal time or whatever. And then it's like, oh, the prankster's here, bro. Ha-ha. The sprinklers are fucking pouring red food coloring on everyone. Or some shit. You know what I mean? Like, 
Like, that's Ethan's personality. That's not likable. Yeah. I agree. But what? But but then it's like, what's better? Because it's like Kira is like one of those like mall goth, like fake punks that you just can't stand because you know that she's just going to sell out and then she does. And then Connor is literally just like a racist patriotic bully that is just going to like own a truck and some guns and like go to jail for like shooting one of his daughter's boyfriends. These people suck. Yeah. Lost and found in translation. We went over it in the most interesting episodes of the of the season or sorry, yep. weirdest episodes of the season. I will just uh, reiterate that it is the laziest episode of the Power Rangers ever. Yeah. I was going to say maybe maybe the the episode where they film somebody rollerblading down the street, but no, this is even lazier than that. Um copy that is next. I remember thinking that this was pretty good. And the reason why is because Zell tracks. So, um, Nessigotic attempts to destroy uh, Trent when Zell tracks through Copy Otter frames the White Ranger for destroying his lab. However, Anton Mercer breaks through and uh, destroys the White Dino Gems hold over Trent. Trent returns the favor by promising to use his powers for good. I'm going to stop right there. Again, that is like a very editorialized version of events because Trent just said, oh, great. Okay. That's cool. I guess like that was Trent's yeah. reaction yeah. to yeah. the white being able to like freely control himself. And then he goes, well, I guess I'll use these powers for good then. And like, but th th that's it. Yeah, and the most important thing about this episode is that rather than just end this completely, um, there's now a copy of the White Ranger that is evil. So there's Trent, who has now broken free very undramatically and is like, yeah, I guess I'll be good or whatever. And then there's also an evil White Ranger copy because the monster's power was copying stuff. So that's... That's what we're doing, apparently. I almost thought that this episode was good, too. Um, it's okay. I really like the ending. There's some good action, and, like, I think it was kind of hype to finally have Trent be good a little bit. You know, it was hard not to be slightly hype about that, but it was also just kind of, like, whatever on some level. But the way he treated it was just like, wow, fuck off. Yeah. yeah. Triassic Triumph. So... Zeltrax brings out the white pterosaurus from the evil white ranger clone. <laughs> I'm sorry, I just have to say, Trent gives off the vibe of someone who you're like, you find out that he was like adopted and stuff, and you're like, oh damn. And he's like, yeah, my old house, my bedroom was like only like a 10 by 20. My parents only <laughs> gave me one car. My real parents suck, dude. You have no idea. And you're like, wait, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> yeah. <sighs> like, he just seems like the kind of person that's overly bitter over not enough. And part of that may just be because they don't really pursue his bitterness in an interesting way. But also part of it is just like this like sort of disaffected reaction to everything. I think he's on drugs. <laughs> yeah, he seems like he's on Xanax. 
Like he's definitely like on some designer shit. Cause like it's it's kind of like alluded to, but like it's a Disney show. So they can't really talk about like stuff like that. Yeah. So it's it's just done in a way where it it's just like you definitely Trent, feel like doing? they might have when they were originally like concepting the season been like, okay, and Trent's going to have some drug problems, you know, and, you know, he was like a troubled orphan or whatever. And then they like, they decided at some point to dial that back, but they kept a lot of the behaviors, scenes and interactions that were inspired by that th- thought or something. Yeah. Like, yeah. Cause I, I think th- this needed, more bite this needed way more bite you know this needed to be a rated t for teen power rangers for it to work or i mean i don't even know if you had to do that but you couldn't just shy away from everything every single time that that dino thunder is presented with like an interesting or difficult moral challenge or quandary etc like they just shy away they just always end up you know just pulling the punch at the last minute and being like actually we're not really gonna we're not really gonna go there like the bully episode we were just talking about you felt like that was maybe gonna be like a follow-up to the like race episodes from uh uh, time force or light speed right like the the yeah. episodes that lightly touched on race before you felt like when that episode was starting oh they're gonna they're gonna continue in that trend or from way back in season three when uh i can't think of her name but that ranger Hate was Master, excluded aisha well, yeah aisha was excluded from that club for being black basically partially yeah. you know well they alluded to they, they didn't say that part they alluded to that part a little bit you know yeah like you 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 felt like maybe they were gonna do that, and then no, they pulled the punch, and that's every episode this season that like seems like it's going somewhere interesting. They just there's fucking there's no there's no teeth anywhere. Yeah, the the white pterosaurs and the evil white ranger clone like these are actually the best parts of like these episodes, which is unfortunate. Yeah, because it ultimately doesn't go anywhere either. So yeah, the, the, the evil white ranger and Zeltrax um, create the unstoppable pterosaurus. It looks really cool. I like it. It is cool. Yeah. I want the toy. Some of the, 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 this this uh, episode and the previous episode had pretty good fights. There's some good fights in some of these episodes. Which is an improvement over some of the other episodes where the content is just all bad, but it's still not a lot. Um, a star it's, is it's not torn. enough to to punch any of these episodes up. <laughs> no, a star is torn. We covered in our weirdest. I do want to say one more thing on the Tri- on Triassic Triumph. It's sure. another episode of plot convenience. Sensing a new power, so I'm just reading the wiki description. Right, sensing a new power calling out to him, Connor steps up to accept the shield of triumph, and with it, the ability to become the Triassic Ranger. With a whole new level of power at his command, Connor quickly destroys the Pterosaurus. So, this isn't the Battleizer, but it does do a bit of a power up, and it sends mm-hmm. enemies into the Shadow Realm. Yeah, it's just it's just the Shadow Realm from Yu Gi Oh season zero for for 
for my Yu-Gi-Oh fans out there. It is but, very Yu-Gi-Oh in a lot of ways. <laughs> yeah, it's just like Yami Yugi's like, I want to play a game. <laughs> <laughs> we'll face one on one, no items. Final destination only. <laughs> like, I came, I came up with a new game for us to try. <laughs> <laughs> Wait till you try this one. Yeah, no one can and beat it. if you don't beat Connor in, in uh, Fox versus Falco in Melee, Final Destination, no items, you die. You die for real. Yeah, you die for real. So yeah, so I think that power is really cool, and I like the Zord that comes with it too. One of the rare moments where it hits. A Star's Turn we caught, we covered in our most weir- most weirdest episodes. Yeah, I think at this point of the season uh, review, I've come around <laughs> to appreciating this episode more. As time goes on, because really, it has this content. episode is the epitome of what was wrong with the season. Yeah. A Ranger exclusive is an episode that I added into the filler guide. So this is an episode that gives more backstory for Cassie and Devin. Uh, Cassie joins the fucking local TV station. Um, is finally mm-hmm. able to take up that job and ends up like, you know, like shit that actually fucking matters, you know? Earlier when Grav and I disagreed slightly on when Devin and Cassidy become interesting, this is that moment. Yeah, like, this is that moment. Like, like if, if, if you weren't convinced that Devin and Cassidy were the best characters this season, uh, you will be after this episode, probably. Yeah. The, I think what prevents this episode from being good is uh, just a really fucking weird ass fucking monster of the week plot. Yeah, super weird, bad. Destroying Jupiter and what? Reverting the Earth to the age of dinosaurs by by doing something like that. Because it's cause always something about reverting the Earth Jupiter. to the age of dinosaurs. I have to say, as cool as Return with is, a V. <laughs> that that's that's not cool <laughs> this whole oh we're going back to d- return to dinosaur reject modernity <laughs> like <laughs> reject modernity return to to zor <laughs> <laughs> i don't mind it because it's like that spider-man villain so yeah. soros soron but that's the thing, too, is it's also not that original. But anyway, whatever. It's not uh, that original, but it's like Lothor plus the Spider-Man villain combined into <laughs> one with a really good voice actor and really good on-screen <laughs> acting, in my opinion. You know, now that you mention it, Lothor is a lot like a Spider-Man villain. Does that make Rita a lot like a Spider-Man villain? No. I'm just saying, I think like specifically like this era of Power Rangers is... Lothor is like a luchador, sorcerer, Craven the Hunter? I was thinking he would be like a combination of Kingpin and Rhino. Ah, maybe. That'd be interesting. Far more interesting than this season. Next up, we have Tootin <laughs> Hawkins, Kurt. <laughs> so, okay. <laughs> Tootin Hawkins, Curse. This is one of those mildly messed up episodes of the Power Rangers where they just are like, hey... It's okay to make up anything we want about Egypt, right? Yeah, it's just, uh, <laughs> let's decipher these hieroglyphics at the British Museum. Let's open up some tombs of the dead. 
that will surely not do anything bad. You Next know, thing just, you know, you're in the Da Vinci Code. Yeah, just I guess I don't know. You go ahead and explain it. I mean, what more is there to say? That's like the it's like fucking. It, it, yeah, like fucking. There's a curse. There's a guy named Tootin Hawken. He's a hawk monster thing. He kidnaps Cassidy. He kidnaps Cassidy. Well, he There's doesn't actually kidnap Cassidy. He's like, "You're so beautiful. I want you to be my queen." And that's that's of course always appropriate to to say to a high schooler. Super appropriate for a thousands of year old mummy to say to a high schooler. Ultimately, Cassidy only gets sick of that shit after Tutankhamen is very bad to Devin. Um, by the way, <laughs> yeah. Uh, 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 there's these new hovercraft cycles. Well, a new hovercraft cycle. Ethan gets the new hovercraft cycle. That's why this yeah. episode's relevant. Moving yeah. on. Yeah. All right, disappearing hacks. <laughs> uh, so Elsa retrieves some strange slime that matures her new creation. Were you Thor just waiting for me to name enough details until I named whatever was most relevant? And then you were like, ah. <laughs> anyway, yeah, disappearing act. Thornox and Tommy gathers a sample for himself. <coughs> After Haley analyzes the substance, she prepares to use it on Tommy in the hopes of demorphing him. The, proce the process is a success, but now the good doctor is invisible. Yep. All those episodes of Tommy talking in the ranger outfit and everything. Clearly wasn't Tommy in the suit, by the way. Way too skinny. Just for Tommy to, to be invisible. And I was like, great. Awesome. They bulk and sculled him. Yeah. <sighs> Even more. Because, right? They didn't... Actually, yeah. Bulk and skull started off... When they got turned, they got turned into to apes. Mm-hmm. And then after apes, they turned invisible. invisible. Yep. And then they turned human again. That was because they were filming their own spinoff with Bulk and Skull, and then that not and didn't end up coming into fruition. Thank God. <laughs> uh, fighting spirit. So Tommy informs the Rangers of an experiment that he hopes will restore him to normal. A hesitant Haley activates a machine that draws power from his Dino Gem and makes Tommy visible again. So when he was invisible, I told my wife, I was like, "Okay, Tommy either has to be naked." Or he has to be in clothes. Which are they going to go for? Does he put on clothes now that he's demorphed? Or does he already have the clothes on? Because when you demorph, you demorph back to your casual wear that you were wearing before you morphed, right? But in this episode, they answer it <laughs> by saying that he was naked the whole time. The whole time he was invisible. So the whole time he was invisible, he was naked. Perfectly fine for a show involving high schoolers. Hey, okay. Super normal. Honestly, it does it does matter that they're high schoolers, but it it doesn't even matter on some levels because it's like, does anyone doing that would be super weird in any setting? Like if you if we're like like You're telling me if you? I was magically invisible and I found a way to get myself in person again and it just so happened to disintegrate my clothes at the same time but perfectly preserving my flesh that would be a weird moment a weird moment a weird moment so yeah Tommy <laughs> uh, Tommy was just hanging out naked with some teenagers while he was invisible 
He was getting buff. He was uh, weightlifting while invisible. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. That's why he was sweaty. <laughs> um. But unfortunately, he's left comatose. Ah. Meanwhile, as the Rangers are stripped of their powers by the new white pterosaurus, the hospitalized Tommy finds himself in a strange dream world where he must fight three of his past ranger alter egos in a battle for his life. This episode, rather appropriately, aired on the 11th anniversary of the first episode of Mighty Morphin Power Ranger. So the fights I thought were pretty cool, but I think the problem with these fights is that we were already treated to so much Tommy like fan service that I just didn't care. Yeah. This is when we start to have the, the, the era of like, okay, so Tommy's got the super dino mode. He's really badass. He's actually here instead of wherever he was. And, uh, and so he, the show gets better. He starts like going off on these like diehard missions solo like towards the end of some of the episodes and stuff, and it's kind of cool. I don't know. <laughs> like, it's just like it's almost th- cool, but it's also kind of like who cares at this point? Yeah. So, in Fighting Spirit, like, uh, I I thought that those fights, like that he did between the Green Ranger and the White Ranger, honestly, this shouldn't have happened because we already got treated to this back in season three of Power Rangers, if you remember. With the Zeo crystal. He needed to get the Zeo crystal off of Zed's ship. Or off of the base, the enemy base. I don't I don't think it was Zed's ship, but might have been the enemy base. But he already confronted the fact that he did bad things in his past. You know? So he's already done that that sort of like my sins have been absolved. And you know, he's already sure of himself as a ranger. He doesn't have confidence issues. He's the fucking mentor of the season. (laughs) Yeah. You know, that was weird. Yeah. So next up, we get into the best episode of the season, The Passion of Connor. So The Passion of Connor. (laughs) Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So Connor is just trying to fuck. (laughs) So in The Passion of Connor, we see a young environmentalist named Krista. And she is protesting to save an old tree in the neighborhood. It's just a regular old tree in the neighborhood. In his efforts to impress Krista and win her heart, Connor finds himself wishing for the same passion that she has. When Zeltrax returns and powers up using the serum inside the tree, he transforms the tree into a monster named Deadwood, whom the rangers kill with this new formation of the Triceramax Megazord, which is basically taking the uh, Triassic Power Megazord and this old Megazord of theirs and combining it, right? So when Zeltrax endangers Krista, Connor's determination to save her grants him access to his Triassic Morpher and Battleizer, originating from Connor's Triassic Power. All right, so where do we even begin? with this episode so let's let's start with the scene where krista is protesting to save the old tree and connor just goes holy shit 
fuck <laughs> what would it be like to have cute goth gf off oh, <laughs> <laughs> and so krista so connor goes up to krista and krista's all like hey do you want to join greenpeace we're trying to save the environment and connor's like i love the environment <laughs> holy fuck i've been about environmental justice my whole life holy shit i am i am actually so glad to meet someone who is just as in interested in environmental justice as i am and she's like no way really you should totally go to this event and he's like yes i will so go to this event or they get there like so he he's like ethan trent i'm gonna fucking bang this goth chick bros yeah and they're, like, and they're like they're like uh i think you're gonna blow it actually like she seems like <laughs> way too cool for you and he's like no i got this in the bag he just immediately bragged to the bros <laughs> that he's gonna fucking get laid yeah. he doesn't even know he there's no like <laughs> there's no like metaphors or anything really in this episode it's like nah it's straight up like yeah, they just don't say it that's it like they just yeah. don't say sex or you know anything or fuck or right yeah or but holes it's like, being mentioned yeah but it's like they never give off the vibe of like yeah, you know, I'm trying to get into, like, a serious relationship with this person. Every single person in, in this show is just like, yeah, shorty, let's meet up at the crib. What do you say? <laughs> you just, like, just fucking all straight player shit. The girls and the guys, honestly. Like, everybody on the show. Yeah, and Connor gives the most fake fucking reaction that I have ever seen in my life. Like you could tell he has this act where he makes his eyes look a certain way, his mouth move a certain way, where he's like, oh, really? Oh my God. And he has like these like so puppy. Cool. He has like the pleading face with the two fingers going against each other. <laughs> like totally like straight up that emoji is what he was giving off the whole reaction and it was like a flip because like immediately he was talking to the bros about it. he's like yo this is fucking hot ass chick bro i gotta go talk to him. he's like oh my god you're trying to save this tree yeah and his eyes just fucking change and everything i and i was dying i was fucking dying yeah so they get to the protest and devin and cassidy are there covering it and it's like i'm reading a little extra into like a very small scene but it's kind of that vibe of like when like the reporters show up at the protest and the protesters are like oh are you for real or are you just here to like fucking make us look like shit and devin is just like all right, you want some proof? It just chains himself to the tree. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so the, the the protest is going on to save the tree. Uh, Devin is chained to it. It's a whole thing. 
Cassidy ends up leaving because, like I said, there's kind of like a little bit of tension about like who's for real here going on. The the bros show up. At this point, this is when Connor finally blows it because Ethan's like, yo, you're kind of like fucking pretending to be something you're not. This isn't going to work out. And Connor's like, nah, it's fine. I just got to pretend to give a shit about this stupid tree or whatever. I'm totally going to bang. And Krista overhears it and is like, holy shit, you're an asshole. Yeah. Yeah. Rightfully so. That's when things start to get a little crazier because, like, Krista gets in front of a bulldozer and then, like, this cage is going to fall on her. And Connor uses his superhuman abilities to save her. Like, having now saved her life, like, Connor is, like, trying to prove that, like, you know, he does care about stuff and whatever. Um, Yeah, and she's just like, I don't understand why you would do that to me. Like, I can't believe you. Why would you do something like that? And he's like, no, babe, I actually do care about those things. Trust me. And my and we were just looking at that TV screen going, it's because he wants he wants to get laid. Like, that's literally what the show is not saying. Yeah, it's like very clear. (laughs) He, He is attracted to her purely on sight. He doesn't know anything about her when he makes the decision that he wants to fuck her. Like, you do not behave that way towards someone that you are trying to get into a relationship with or that you actually care about. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Like, he, it's not like he met Krista. You know, in an alternate universe, you just swap some of these scenes around and rewrite them a little bit and it kind of makes sense. Like, have him just meet Krista first. And he's like, oh, that's so cool that you're, like, passionate about the environment and stuff. And he's like, dang, you know, as a Power Ranger, it's hard for me to find somebody else with, like, a strong sense of, like, moral accountability to the world. This, this person actually kind of appeals to me. And then he goes to the bros and he's like, hey, I met this, I met this woman, Krista, and I want to date her. It's the whole thing. Like, suddenly it doesn't feel as weird, right? But no, he sees this hot goth. And he's like, bros, check this out. I'm going to go get her number. And just like walks out. Like, that's the vibe. Yeah. (laughs) I think I'm going to mention, I think I'm just going to skip forward to the end here. So when Zeltrax endangers Krista, so that part, right? Mm -hmm. Connor like sees Krista like endangered. And Connor sees uh, Krista captured, right? And she's like going to get fucked up. At this point... Krista knows that Connor's the Power Ranger. And like yeah. it says here in the wiki that Connor's determination to save her grants him access to his Triassic Morpher and Battleizer. No, 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 no. No. Okay. No, 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 no. The dude wanted that pussy really fucking bad. And he was like, this, I need to like have a comeback mechanic right the fuck now. <laughs> Because I can use this as leverage to get in those pants. Like, it just, it felt that way the whole time. Yeah, I want to say even, like, in the middle of the episode, there's this part where he kind of, like, he's talking with Tommy and he's, like, kind of, like, maybe I don't have what it takes to be a Power Ranger. And this would almost, like, make sense of all this weird shit, except that it really more so has the vibe that he's, like, 
he's like, maybe I don't have what it takes to be a Power Ranger because I couldn't fuck. Yeah. Like, he doesn't actually seem that guilty. He's just more like, maybe I'm not cool enough. Maybe I don't have enough swag, you know? <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> and Tommy gives him the old pep talk. Tommy's like, yeah. nah, bro. You got this. <laughs> Honestly, though, seeing Tommy in this episode, I was like, the TV show is actually leagues better when Tommy is on screen. Yeah. Again, though, this is like already the last four, like the last fucking 10 yeah. episodes of the show. Yeah, we're, we're, we're really close to the end to have an episode this halfway decent. Like suddenly spring up and like expect it to really like do much for us because it's like the best episode of the season, but it's still like a six or a seven. Yeah, it is funny, <laughs> though. It is funny, though. It is funny. Next up, we have Strange Relations, which is another one we covered in our weirdest, simply because... Messagog goes ham. Messagog goes ham, and also it's just a... It's, it's, it's one of the most dazzling collections of sounds and lights this season. <laughs> it just felt like we, we needed to draw attention to it in particular. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, after that, you have Thunderstorm. Uh, Thunderstorm. Thunderstorm was a another small highlight. Again, this is like we couldn't pick. We couldn't really pick it for best and worst though, because you really need to know what happened in Ninja Storm. Right. This is a. This is something that it's fan service that you enjoy it if you watch the previous season. But if you hadn't seen the previous season, these episodes are not that amazing. And you might be like kind of interested in some of these new characters for a second, but like I don't know. It does. It does uh, wrap up some loose plot points. Yes. So yes. Also, if you are if you are looking for the fan service, it's great because it does wrap up a lot of stuff. I guess one of the few interesting developments that happened since Ninja Storm to now is we all thought that the the Cali twins were gonna be with the Yellow Ranger. Turns out, uh, <laughs> Cam. Cam is uh Cam is in a three-way relationship with both of them. <laughs> and it's funny because they never really uh, mentioned that the sisters were adopted until now. Yeah, well now conveniently we need to explain Yeah, not now conveniently Lothor mentions like why should I give a shit about you guys when you're adopted? You're not even blood related to me. She's like, oh, because we worked for you and we were dedicated to you. Of course we would. We were always evil, blah, 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 blah. And then, of course, you know, they end up being like, oh, we're actually good, et cetera, et cetera. But like, yeah, that, that plot detail conveniently wasn't mentioned for the entire fucking season. But then this these two episodes, like they were the twins were like the sisters were just like wrapped over Cam's arms. <laughs> <laughs> and Cam is still like just big chilling. Like, yeah. this guy is just big chilling. He's just like, I guess I just do admissions for the Wind Ninja Academy since I'm not sensei. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, like, that's all he's doing. And, uh, yeah, the rest of it was pretty good. Like, I, we're not going to go into too much of detail just because it doesn't. Did you notice that Mara and Cassidy are the same actress? Yes, I did. I thought that was kind of. That's kind that of is pretty neat. Yeah, it is. Pre yeah. It is pretty funny. But yeah, uh, we're not going to get too much into the details of this because it's not like it doesn't really relate to no. to anything of Dino Thunder. It if just anything, I Storm. wish we had watched this before we did our Ninja Storm review. 
<laughs> yeah, it would have made the ending of Ninja Storm much better. After that really good highlight of the season, to be honest, I guess it's really good when it's contrasted against the rest of the season, right? Yeah. Uh, okay, so the next episode is House of Cards. Yeah. Basically, this season is, or this episode is drama. So Trent is starting to arouse suspicion to the rest of the teammates that he has a secret, right? The enemies start to reveal it towards the Rangers. The Rangers are all like, huh, what? You have a secret still? Trent is just like being shady about it, doesn't really want to reveal it. Elsa kind of uses this moment to sort of pin this information against the Rangers. And it's found out um, by the Rangers that she's Principal Randall. And she like yeah. engages with Tommy. She like fu fucking like, goes at it with Tommy in certain instances and all of this. So it's kind of interesting in that aspect, but you could kind of tell like Tommy's really Tommy's into Principal Randall for the sex. Yeah. Like it, it's like very much apparent. Like he's just like, it's some she's really good in bed. Like <laughs> like that that's what he's got going for her. Cause yeah, every, it, it's one of those so things where nonchalant. it's so toxic, but then it's like, but the sex though the sex do be bomb. <laughs> <laughs> I could imagine. I'm sure it is. So, although um, the Rangers, so Trent's secret is on the verge of being exposed here, uh, the Rangers defeat, although the Rangers kind of defeat their monster of the week that Elsa created, they discover that Anton Mercer is Mesagog. And yeah. therefore, like, their relationship with Trent's on the kind of the Fritz again and all that other stuff. But also, this is when we start to realize that, like, the Anton Mercer is Mesagog thing is complicated. Because, like, Mesagog isn't necessarily satisfied just being, like, a, a subservient personality to, like, Dr. Mercer. Yeah. And uh, they hinted at this, like, a few episodes before this, too. I can't remember which one now, but, like, one of the episodes before this also hinted at this, but then, like, they, they get into that a little tiny bit more here where it's, like, you know, uh, Mesagog is kind of, kind of starting to, you know, have his own like thoughts and secrets and personality that Anton doesn't know about. Yeah, and in a test of trust, uh, Trent basically like pleading for the ability to still be a White Ranger to the rest of the Rangers. Because he's like, come on, guys, please, you can trust me. It's just, you know, I'm just shitty sometimes, and I'm on a lot of drugs, but I will help. I am good. Yeah, trust me, guys. Everything will be better this time around. And Tommy's all like, well, if you can beat this villain of the week, sure thing, buddy. You're back on the team. And he's like, okay. And he beats them, dude. <laughs> Connor, Ethan, and Kira recall how much they've changed since becoming Rangers. And I'm like, no, you fucking haven't. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> Mesagog uses a potion to separate himself from Anton Mercer. And Mesagog becomes way more uh, feral. Yeah. Yeah. This is also, this is when we find out fully that, like, the two personalities have been working against each other. Anton has been trying to sabotage Mesagog's plans for the last few weeks or months or whatever. Um, and in some cases succeeding, and that's like apparently how Trent was released from the evil 
before when he was being evil um, yeah. was because of Anton's secret influences and things like that. So Anton has been secretly betraying Mesagog repeatedly up till now. And, but also Mesagog's been doing the same. They've both been, you know, betraying each other and trying to backstab each other this whole time, basically. So it's a whole mess. Now it's all been revealed. And Mesagog basically has all the power at the end of this. Once he's free of Anton, he's holding all the cards. And Anton is just kind of fucked. And that's like one of the main things that uh, Trent ends up kind of like leaning on to try to get everybody to trust him again. Is like, this is my only way to save my dad. And he's not actually evil. <sighs> mm. <laughs> and then we have the finale, Thunderstruck. So one we watched the... this finale together and I have no idea what happened. Absolute worst Power Rangers finales ever. I would literally rather go back to season one. The finale is just Zach going on a shitty date and there's not, nothing is resolved or really, you know, made interesting or, you know, whatever. Like, like, let's go back to that, honestly, because this sucks. This doesn't make sense at all. It, 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 it's one of the most incoherent and confusing two-part arcs imaginable mesagog is like torturing dr mercer he suddenly turns elsa into a regular person without tons of explanation it turns He's out like, she... you were holding evil energy i, I need, need all it. of it yeah mm. Mm, it I turns into like a regular person cannon. it turns out she was just like a lab assistant or something and she doesn't really remember that much. Okay, that's a great explanation for our character we spent this much of the season with. Awesome. 37 episodes. 37 episodes yeah. so far. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. But also, um, she can't just be free even once she's lost her powers and stuff because Zeltrax really wants to sexually assault her. I don't know how to read his actions towards her other than extremely rapey and disturbing. Uh, like, I read it as him being jealous of her being with Tommy. Well, no, I mean, they had this whole thing before where, like, I will say, Elsa and Zeltrax did have a little bit of that, like, lieutenant rivalry thing going on at a certain point. Especially as yeah. Zeltrax kind of betrayed the original plan, etc. Whatever. It's because Zeltrax was obsessed with killing Tommy. Yeah. Which, that, that kind of, sort of, is a plot that goes somewhere in this season and we didn't talk about it and we didn't talk about it because it's bad like <laughs> zeltrax uh Zel turns out zeltrax's real name is smitty yeah and like that's supposed to be a big reveal and it turns out that he worked with tommy on some excavation and then uh put it to you this way there's an episode where tommy kills zeltrax can't remember which one it is but one of them was Tommy kills Zeltrax, and it's not—it's not even fucking important enough to like be here in the episode descriptions, mind you. But like, Zeltrax reveals himself to be Smitty in this like fucking Darth Vader ass scene, and Tommy's like, "Smitty, really? It's you?" And Smitty's like, "Yeah," <laughs> or whatever. And uh, they, they go to fight each other still. As Sweetie's like, I fucking hate you. There's some bullshit. And, and Tommy's all like, sorry, Smitty. 
guess you have to die and slashes right through him. There's no like moment of reflection from Smitty. Nothing. Or or Tommy. Or Tommy. Yeah. Tommy doesn't yeah. have like, oh fuck, man. I just had to kill my best friend that I was working with for a couple he of years. Literally he literally goes dead. out of his way to save Elsa, a villain that he happens to be banging. But his old friend Smitty, that was a great guy before all of this, he's just like, nah, there's no saving you, bud. Yeah. It's divorced dad energy. <laughs> um <laughs> But yeah, then, like, they fucking see Zeltrax, a.k.a. Smitty, kidnapping Elsa, and they're like, oh, he's kidnapping a random lady, let's go, because they can't even tell it's Elsa because she doesn't look the same. She has long hair now. Yeah. But they're just like, oh, we see, she's kidnapping a, he's kidnapping a lady, let's go. Yep. Yep. Fucking... <laughs> What even does happen hardly? It's just, there's a series of confusing fights that seem to escalate and de-escalate very randomly. So Zeltrax, um, and... Zeltrax was like banished. So he was killed by Tommy and then he came back. Wasn't oh God, really explained that You're back to trying well. to figure out where Zeltrax comes from. No, fuck that. Let's just wait because wait because episode. it does relate to the fucking second episode. The first episode, Mesagog transforms, right? He's no. like Oh no, he doesn't turn uh, into dork mode until movies. episode two. He doesn't do it until episode two. I thought it was episode one. No. And then episode two no. was being no. Yes! Because we were like, oh, everything is taken care of in episode one. Why watch episode two other than no, caring about Elsa? He doesn't go into full, he doesn't go into full that stupid dinosaur mode. No, because it like I said, there's this series of fights. Let me just explain kind of what happens, okay? It's okay. still going to be wrong, to be clear, because it's that confusing, and I'm sure I will get something wrong. But this is kind of what happens. Zeltrax kidnaps Elsa. The Rangers okay. go to fight Zeltrax. Uh... And then uh, uh, after that, um, they have a big Zord fight with some stuff. And also, they blow up Mesagog's island... Um, and leave Trent there for dead, and also, um, uh, 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 all their Zords get destroyed. Um, is this making any sense? Because it shouldn't, but this is roughly what happens, okay? And then, in episode two, they fight Zeltrax again! Fucking, they, they use up the last of the Zords, they get destroyed, all the Zords are really gone for real. But then Mesagog comes back and he turns into this fucking stupid fucking I don't even Barney the purple dinosaur thing. Right, but like if you just if you just ended the season with episode one, you would have been fine. Pretty much. Yeah, because you'd be except, like, okay. Except except that the end of episode one ends with Zeltrax taking Elsa, kidnapping Elsa for a second time, which is it's why they fine. fight it again. She's dead. She's dead. It's okay. Just, this just is why I say, away. like, his vibe towards her is creepy. Like, I have a headcanon now that, like, when Smitty and Elsa worked together as regular people, he was, like, a little creepy towards her, and she was always like, no, dude. And then now that he's, like, an evil villain, he's like, Because <laughs> he just, like, he kidnaps her once, and then the rangers, like, put her in their lair, 
And then he goes to their lair and kidnaps her again and is super weird about it both times. And it's just like, dude, she doesn't even have powers anymore. Like, just leave her alone. I think it was because uh, he knew her and Tommy had a connection. And he was like, this is my way to get at Tommy. That's how I read it. Yeah, I guess. Anyway, so this is the worst <laughs> fucking finale ever. Um, oh, and by the way, it ends with them all going to prom. That's right. After oh, all yeah. of the fucking battles and shit are done, all the fucking rangers go to prom, and Kira sings a song, and it ends with a clip show over her song. <laughs> yep. It's terrible. Connor's going to soccer camp. Ethan's going to be an esports player. Uh, Trent's going to art school. And Anton is happy to hear it. Devin and Cassidy say that they won't reveal the Power Rangers' identities, even though the Power Rangers are fucking dicks, and dicks to them specifically. Yep. So, Ranger rankings. Ethan, Kira, and Connor are all Fs. Okay. <laughs> Actually, Ethan and Connor are Fs, and Kira is a D-. There was an episode where Ethan went on a date with Cassie. Again, I don't think this was mentioned in the episode descriptions. And Ethan, like, Cassie was so enamored with Ethan. Cassie was so down. And Ethan goes, all I can talk about is video games. I'm sorry. It's, it's all in my writing. That's all I can do is uh, talk about video games. What? You don't play video games? I can't talk to you. All I know is video games computer and power ranger charge my morpher yep hot chip and lie yep uh ethan they tried to give ethan a couple of episodes where he could have really like stolen the show and did something nope uh can't say it was screen time you can't say it was screen time with ethan nope you can't not at all same thing with uh, connor plenty of screen time Oh, no, Connor played his character wonderfully. It's just his character is fucking an asshole and is not relatable at all, and he's such a shithead. Connor played the MAGA good old boy. Yeah, they're just all Fs. I'm, just, I'm not even going to try to figure this out. They're all Fs. These characters yeah. suck. Kira got nothing. Like, um, she had some screen time. She definitely got shafted, I feel like, compared to the dudes. Um, Which is really weird, because last season, like, we thought Tori got shafted, but, like, Kira, I feel like, got shafted even more. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's, it's not like any of the this, scenes that she... It's not like any of the scenes room, she was doing anything interesting. This writer's room hates women more than the Saban writer's room, which is interesting because the Saban writer's room clearly had a problem with women to some extent. But it was this complex relationship where they also wanted to have powerful women in the stuff. Um, yeah, the Disney era is like just straying further and further from the idea that we're going to have a powerful woman. Elsa's yeah. not really a powerful woman. Uh, Kira's not really a powerful woman. Haley is definitely not a powerful woman. Um, yeah, like these are not strong characters that hold their own against the the men. The men are saving their asses constantly, and 
they're stronger than them and they just basically control them. It's really like not good. I'm going to put, I feel like I want to put Tommy in C, but I, I just, I think he's probably a high D in this one. He's a D. I don't even know if I go high D. He's just a D. Occasionally he's slightly likable and occasionally it's kind of fun to be like, yay, Tommy's back. That's it. When Tommy comes back, he's good. Like when he's actually on screen, he's not bad. He's pretty good. And he's definitely, I think at Sometimes, this- Sometimes, but there's also like, he like, is just like hitting on the principal a lot. He's being Fuck an it. irresponsible fucking idiot. I don't know. Whatever. Whatever. I like that that okay. type of stuff. Like he's 30, he's like not 30, but he's like I guess in the context of the show, he's maybe like what? Is Tommy supposed to be an early 20-something in this show? No, he has to be older than that. He has a PhD now. He has to be 30s. He's CIA. Yeah, he's he's a peep, he's a peep booted judge. Yeah, so at, like, like I think he's probably like 30. Whatever. The principal yeah. Randall having sex with Principal Randall. Uh, part is probably the most interesting part for Tommy. Um, I do feel that his mentorship sucks, but there's specifically like there's a couple of moments where I'm like, you know what? Maybe Tommy would have been a good mentor if the writing team didn't suck ass this season and they had to put in so much teen drama. Because I feel like Tommy also wasn't given the good end of the stick here with having to mentor Degrassi. Yeah, you know, like. It's one thing to mentor Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, right? Yeah. Like men mentor those types of teenagers in that sort of environment where like they're not doing the whole CW plot of like each character has a secret that they can't reveal to the others. You know, yeah. when will it be revealed? How will it be revealed? Ooh, if this character finds out, they'll die. You know, like having to deal with mentoring those types of people like honestly i'd have the fuck all attitude that tommy has this whole season too but yeah. still voice lines being encased in amber being in this suit being fucking invisible the problematic shit all that other stuff like just really tears him down yeah i dig his i dig his divorced dad energy for sure like the single dad sort of shit i kind of i kind of relate to that just because like it reminds me of my own dad a bit but uh the the problematic shit is all like they really didn't have to go there with any of it they just <laughs> did it just because you know yeah trent trent's a d too yeah trent's a d yeah trent could have been way more interesting yeah he is just like a weak ass eric myers though like anything that is ever interesting about Trent for one second, there was an Eric Myers plot that was better that was the same thing. Yeah, also his acting is like mediocre. Bad. Yeah. Mediocre. Like uh, whenever he's not being like a prick, an unintentional prick, whenever he's not acting that way, he just comes off as disingenuous. Like every time he was interacting with his father in human form and he was like, dad, I love you. I mean it. Like that's how he would like the way yeah. I'm saying it for this podcast is the way he would say it. He's so fucking stoned on whatever that actor was taking that he like doesn't even like close his mouth at the end of saying stuff a lot. 
his he's just like sitting there like his eyes are like barely open mouth fucking agape looking fucking wasted yeah <laughs> season review <laughs> and by the way i looked up some pictures of trent now it's not like he always looks like that in fact he's pretty hot like <laughs> as a, as an older dude he's smoking <laughs> I can't believe you looked pictures of him out. I had to. I was so curious. <laughs> if if you were in uh, Reefside High School, would you have went for it? No, he wasn't hot in fucking the show. Saying he's hot now. You weren't Modern into the friend. whole. You weren't into the whole two thousand four scene kid look. No, I didn't. Well, that's think... actually prior to scene. No, I didn't think that was. I didn't think that was attractive. Ah, okay. <laughs> Season uh, review. Let's do it. Let's do it. I think it's like a two or a three. I've been waffling about this a fair bit. I feel it's like the, the whole is worse than the sum of its parts here, which is like important to emphasize. You mean the, you mean the, the, sum, the sum of its parts is worse than the parts themselves individually? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah because... because a lot of these episodes I would individually rate as like fours or even fives and occasionally sixes. But the average episode rating would definitely be like a close to a four. But I'm still going to rate the season below where I'd put the average episode rating because, yeah, it's worse than the sum of its parts. Like, yes. And I actually, I want to give credit to Netscape who came onto the intro and is a fan of this season and was like, it's a turn your brain off season. And I think I agree a hundred percent in my assessment in that. And that's why I'm saying like, it's worse than the sum of its parts. Some of the individual episodes are kind of fun to watch if you just aren't really thinking about it. But as soon as you try to slot it into a larger context, you're like, what the fuck? If you just showed me some random Dino Thunder episodes with no context and was, you were just like, Hey, let's get high and watch some Power Rangers. This is just some random Dino Thunder episodes that I like. And you just put them on, I would have had a better experience. Guaranteed. Trying to make sense of it is what makes it horrible. Truly. I like, think that's what makes it god awful. I, I agree. I'm going, the only thing I'm going to add to what you're saying, because I, I also think it's, it's worse as a whole versus individually, I'm going to give it a three out of 10. Those three points are purely Messagog. Like Messagog carries the season hard. If uh, I was gonna break it down a little more granularly for me, it'd be Messagog is one point, Devin and Cassidy and the occasional other good B plots are one point, and then one point is for like the fun of having a little bit of Tommy nostalgia and the occasional good fight scenes. Yeah. I guess I would break it down that way too, though. I think I don't like Cassie and Devin as much as you do. And that's fair. I, I think Mesagog in general is just a great villain. I love the way he sounds on screen. Um, I like his uh, on-screen presence. It's really cool. I dig it a lot. It's unfortunate because there's a lot of times where I wanted to punch up, especially with the episodes I added, because holy shit, I think we would be like more like, this is like a two if it wasn't for the episodes I added. So, yeah, I do yeah. think that had we watched episode three, we would be less negative. And I was kind of hoping for that. Like, I was kind of hoping, like, maybe I could justify a four. But there's too many times where you're describing episodes to me that it's, it's plot convenience. 
Like, like there's yep. too many mm-hmm. things that are invented to have plot convenience. Yep. And, and, and when you explain it out loud, it just seems stupid. And that's what it is. It's stupid. It's a stupid season. Don't recommend it. I literally, I think I would only recommend this season if like we severely like just did like, hey, like you said, this is a couple of Dino Thunder episodes. So you can see Tommy is the Black Ranger. Cool. And then, you know, see like, oh, Trent is fucking White Ranger. These This battle is really cool. Or, you know, one of those weird episodes that we watched. I think if you take like our three picks from the weirdest, you add in Passion of the Connor and like one or two more of the most interesting episodes and also like Thunderstorm. Just show me that as a marathon. I probably rate it like a six or a seven. Yeah. Yeah. Easy. Uh, like, but... Not amazing, but entertaining, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's unfortunate. I, I mean, the next, ep- the next season after this is the cop season, so I don't fucking know. We'll see where this all takes us at the end of the day. <laughs> I'm worried if we could just speculate for just a second before we get out of here. I am worried that I'm going to like a lot of things about the cop season. <laughs> it's probably going to have a lot of pog shit. I bet like you. that's what I'm worried about is that I'm gonna be pogging, but then I'm also gonna be like, "Fuck, this is all copaganda." What the fuck? <laughs> In a world where the police actually do the right thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hopefully, you know. Actually, my hopeful best outcome is that I'll come out on the end of it and I'll say, "This is what we should replace the police with when we abolish them." Yeah, or just say, but- "Hey, this is really good science fiction <laughs> cops." <laughs> Like, imagine if cops actually solved crimes and didn't just leave rape test kits in storage for months. Wow. What a world. (laughs) Well, we'll see, I guess. (laughs) Next time, a Sentai Truther Club. Rangers, thank you so much for listening. If you liked what you heard, please make sure to rate our podcast five stars on iTunes and Stitcher. Subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to them. And as always, you can find Kennedy and I on Twitter. I am at Gravcast, and Kennedy is at Kennedy T. Cooper. Stay safe, Rangers, and may the power protect you.